Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. TC Live with you on a Friday evening in Rome. The men's seeds started playing in the Italian capital today. And not a banner day for the guys with numbers next to their names. Eight of the 16 seeds who played today lost their opening matches. The clay will do that to you sometimes. Coming up on our show, it has been a choppy clay season for Novak Djokovic and a choppy start in his Rome opener today. Will the number one be full strength in Paris? The women's number one, man, was she at full strength today. And then some double bagel bait for her slam finalist opponent. And what's the latest on Rafa? The spies were out as he practiced in Mallorca. Is the quest for French title number 15 in jeopardy? All stories that we are watching as we welcome you to TC Live on this Friday. So glad you're with us as we get into the meat of the Italian Open. Paul Anacone is here in the studio. Andy Roddick is with us once again from the home office. We've been talking about who's the favorite for Roland Garros on the women's side. Is it Iga Swiatek? Is it Arena Sabalenka? Uh, Rabakina just put her hand up and said, remember me, I'm the Wimbledon champ. She did, but after uh, watching just uh, bits and pieces of Iga Sviantek today, O&O, I just want to ask Andy Roddick, would you beat someone O&O? Or, come on, tell the truth, or would you give them a game? I don't, I don't think I could beat my cat O&O right now, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not because you have some kind of sympathy for someone that you would give them a game, or your cat a oh, game. No no chance. No, if, if, if it's there for the taking. Like, everyone used to get mad at, like, Steve Spurrier for running up the score. It's like, just be better at football. <laughs> exactly. Andy Roddick says to his opponents, just be, he better. Beat badly, just be just better, be better. Yeah. at tennis. That is the goal, after all. Let's dive right into the highlights, and we'll start with the men's number one, Novak Djokovic. Uh, it's always been a highlight when he's gone to Rome. This was last year, winning the tournament for the sixth time, beating Tsitsipas in that final. So he's won it six times. He's been runner-up six times. That's 12 finals in Rome. First step on the road to number 13 would be his opener against Tomas Echeverry today, Paul. But he had some distress in that first set. He sure did. He lost serve in the first game. And Echeverry, look, we've just seen him at tour level basically this year consistently. He's a heck of a player. No back down. 3-1 in the first set. Took him a while to get those engines revved up, but they did. Just so good at opening the court up using variation in court position to put pressure on, on your opponent. But Echeverry is very well rounded from the back of the court and hung in there extremely well. At this game here, 5-4 Echeverry serving. This is a great angle to catch some of the views, uh, some of the points, not all the time. But that's what it looked like when Novak Djokovic says, you know what, I'm going to go down the line here. Good tie break from Djokovic, and then he puts it into overdrive. He did have an upset tummy, Andy Roddick, in the first set. We saw a little upheaval in the bushes behind the court, but he got through it, and the tennis got better and better, and he doesn't need to get any better at tennis. He was just doing his Sampras impersonation from that Karecha match at the U.S. Open. <laughs> okay. Didn't, didn't Pete throw up in the bushes? Should, well, yeah, he did, actually. 
Okay, so Novak wins it into, despite the distress, 65th career win in Rome. By far the most he has at any of the Masters 1000s. This is what he's done since winning that Australian Open title back in January. Semis in Dubai, that was good, but he lost early in Monte Carlo and Banja Luka. He withdrew from Madrid, and then a bit of a spotty start today. What do we make of it? Here's what Novak makes it. Is that your best clay court match of the season so far? <laughs> I didn't play too many, so yeah, if you, <laughs> you can say it's the it's, it's, uh, best one so far, but you know, still, still not at the desired level, you know, still finding, finding the shots, excuse me, finding that, that groove on the court, but um, yeah, you know, it's always a little bit tricky playing somebody for the first time. He's a clay court specialist, and uh, he started better than I did. Uh, I started pretty slow, but I kind of found my groove uh, towards the end of the, the first. And second set was good, especially the last, I would say, three, four games. So, uh, you know, I, I'm happy with the way I closed out the match. So, first of all, doesn't that look like a Spider-Man-themed jacket that he's wearing? That's the most <laughs> fitting kit I've ever seen on any tennis player, the way he moves and bends himself. But, Andy, obviously he, he wasn't at his best today. I'm, I'm going to ask the question this way. 16 days until Roland Garros. Is there enough runway for him to get where he needs to be by the time they say go? Yeah, absolutely. If he's in, if he's still playing in this tournament Friday, Saturday, next week, we're going to have him co-favorite with, with Carlos Alcaraz. So there's plenty of time. Remember back to last year, he looked very average in Monte Carlo, looked okay in Serbia, and then found his pacing in Rome and ends up, you know, we're having this exact same conversation a year ago, and then it ends up winning the tournament and uh, going, he was informed by the time he got to Roland Garros. So 16 days uh, with matches in that short of time frame, that's an eternity for Novak Djokovic. He doesn't have to relearn how to play tennis. The confidence will come back very quickly. I actually didn't mind what I saw today, right? I, you look at things, he's going to make a couple of errors. Maybe he doesn't stick as many first serve returns. But when the chips were down today, stuck those returns. The pace of shot looked good, was able to move it from the corners. Uh, movement looked okay. Just a little bit of knocking the rust off, but I'm not worried about Novak at all. You know, we talk about his elbow, right? We've talked a little bit about what's his elbow like. He's had a few hiccups. Well, Hawkeye showed us today that uh, his speeds on the forehand, backhand, and serve were basically the same as they were on average for last year, 2022. So not worried about that. Um, one of the great things that I find about these champions is there's such a calmness about even when they play average. Mm -hmm. You know, they know they can kind of – they don't not want to play well, but if they don't play well, like just like Andy was just saying – They'll play their way into shape, play their way into form. And if it's not perfect after Rome, it's three out of five sets at Roland Garros. So he can do the same. He can continue to improve. And because that habit of winning has come from so many years, it gets back there pretty quickly. Greatness seldom panics. Novak didn't today. He gets Dimitrov in round three. He's won 10 out of 11 meetings against Grigor over the years. Let's get back into the highlights. Ten Italian men in this draw. Yannick Sinner, the highest ranked among them. World number eight opened his run, Andy, against Tanasi Kokonakis. Yeah, he liked this matchup. Kokonakis, you can see here early in this highlight, has those big swings where he has these big backswings. The more that Sinner can rush someone, especially with those big backswings, the better. And thankfully for Sinner, he does that very well. You see him all day setting the table. Stick save, Brett. I love seeing it. But in complete composure here in his home country, always a little bit of added pressure. But just didn't give Kokonakis the time to take those big backswings with switching directions pretty well. Uh, I mean, when that, that shot didn't exist. 
uh, at scale 25 years ago at all. That open stance sliding backhand, everyone makes it look easy now. I would have broken legs, I think, my own. Um, but you see him cruising through. He, the pacing was great. Uh, served it out. This is a very comfortable win for center. Uh, you know, we, we, we seem to say it every week now, but in the city of Saints, there's a center. Oh, I see what you did there. Very poetic. Uh, so, Sinner, even though he skipped Madrid with an illness, 27 wins on the year, third most on tour. This was the upset of the day, Andy. Alexi Poprin, ranked number 77, takes out the 10-seed FAA. Yeah, and with the, with the spread-out schedule, Brett, you can kind of get stuck, and FAA kind of feels that way around. Got a big start to his playbook and now it's kind of, you can see him trying to find the pacing a little bit. Uh, this surface doesn't do his game a lot of favors naturally, uh, but credit to Popper for making a play. And FAA, you know he's always going to fight. He's a professional, works day in and day out, but just doesn't have the rhythm there uh, yet on the clay. Spread the court nicely, but have to cover line here. Paul Anacona's a net rusher. You've got to cover the line. Cover the line. Um, so that's almost just a mental mistake, and then we'll see it here again uh, later in the match. Leaves the line open again. Don't make the same mistake again, Brett Haber. That's tennis 101. That's just not having played enough matches, and maybe your coach not yelling at you. I don't know, but Prince of Popper <laughs> stuck in there, really wanted this one. And uh, FAA still looking for that, that, that success in the play this year. Three hours, 17 minutes in that one. We shift to the women. Boy, this was efficient from the world number one. She gave up just two games in her first match, Paul. She didn't give up any today. No, this was not three hours and 15 minutes. This was uh, Iga Sviantak just telling everybody, gang, um, I'm pretty good on red clay. Let's not everyone panic. I'm going to do what I do best, which is big power groundies, and just take care of Pavlyuchenkova's second serve. Pavlyuchenkova only won three of 23 second serve points. And when Sviantek's getting on top of your second serve, controlling her serve, and hitting her ground strokes as offensive as she did today on the red dirt, it is just a tough ask. She looked really polished, very confident, and she looked just like Andy Roddick, trying to beat everybody O and O and make them feel very <laughs> bad about themselves. This marks the third time Sviantek has authored a double bagel at Rome, 45th and 46th bagel sets of her career. It was an hour and seven minutes. I've never seen a double bagel that long. How about Anz Jabur? Tougher day for her, Paul. She was the runner-up here last year, but she ran into Paula Bedosa. Yeah, she did, and look, we don't know how fit she is coming off an injury, and you see the strapping on the leg there. Bedosa played some terrific tennis today. She broke serve four times, was hitting the ball clean, won a tough match the other day, and Paula Bedosa trying to build that confidence that got her back into the top, sorry, got her into the top five a couple of years ago, a great power player, and today really hit her stride, comfortable in the first set. Second set, a little closer. I am concerned about Jabur. I mean, how healthy is she? We don't know. Andy talked about getting stuck at these events because they're so long now that if you lose early, there is a lot of downtime to try to figure out what to do to get matches. Jabur has to kind of figure out what to do to get healthy and get matches. She's a great player, but for Paula Bedosa, really a good sign to get some good uh, positive things going. Third tournament in a row where Bedosa has beaten a top 10 player, and afterwards she sat down with P-Money. What were your main focuses going into today's match? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I respect her a lot. Um, I love her a lot as well. We're very cl close friends, so um, it's always tricky to play against her. But um, I knew I had to stay very aggressive and to focus on myself. I knew she was coming from injury as well, so it's never easy. And uh, maybe she was a little bit out of rhythm. So I'm really happy um, with the level, how I served, how I played, especially in the first set and, uh, and the second set, how I stayed calm in the tough moments. So with Bedosa beating Jabur today, we've lost the two, the three, and the four seeds all in the last 24 hours. Andy, uh, with Jabur and Pagula and Sabalenka out of this tournament in their first matches, has there ever been a bigger favorite anywhere at any time than Iga Swiatek is now to win this title? Yeah, a guy named Rafa was pretty good for a long time and pretty predictable uh, in these clay court events. But, um, you know, I I'm not really worried about Pagula. I'm not worried about Sabalenka. They have... Uh, you know, a, a locker full of uh, uh, victories this year in match plays. Jabour, I'm a little bit more uh, concerned about. Obviously, coming off the calf injury, did a great job to get healthy, get the win in Charleston, only to go down again. Uh, it, it is a little concerning, but Sviatek looks so good. Um, you know, th this surface is better for her. It's a little bit more open air. Madrid almost feels like it has more of an indoor feel. The ball jumps a little bit more. I feel like there are more uh, outlier results in Madrid as it pertains to the French Open. Rome is usually a little bit of a better predictor, and she feels real good in Rome, Brett. Her, yeah, she looks she looks pretty unbeatable. Yeah, I think Rome's closer. Rome's closer to French yeah. Open, Roland Garros. Madrid, you know, you get the fast courts. The altitude feels a little bit quicker, and uh, for sure, Fiontech's going to be a little bit more comfortable here. For Sabalenka, I'm really not worried about Sabalenka. This is the first time this year she hasn't gotten to the quarterfinals, at least. So she's got a ton of confidence. I think she did need a little bit of a breather, so I think she'll be ready to go. Um, but I would say that Iga Fiontech, unless she just something happens here that is very unexpected, she would be the prohibitive favorite. With her win today, 27-5 and five on the year, just two games surrendered in two matches. Much more to get to on the show on this Friday. We'll show you the American Seated men who started play today, plus fresh off his title in Madrid. Carlos Alcaraz tries to join the elite club who pulled off the Mediterranean double. That and more when CC Live continues. When we first got either cable or satellite, we didn't have tennis channel. When we got it, it was all I watched. So I can remember probably around 11 or 12 being able to actually be able to watch Tennis Channel. Really, I thought it was pretty cool. I can remember things from the Tennis Channel Academy, the little minute clinics, like all of those little things, bag checks, things that as a kid I would watch on TV and say, man, I'd love to be able to, you know, do some of those things or play some of those, play some of the matches, obviously, that, that we're showing on Tennis Channel. So to kind of be in this situation now, I think it's pretty cool. But Tennis Channel's always been a, a favorite of mine. So everyone at Tennis Channel, want to wish you a happy 20th anniversary. Thank you, Chris. We appreciate that. It's been great having Chris as part of the team while he's an active player because he, he happens to be a very talented young broadcaster, but also he's playing these guys that we're talking about every day. Yeah, talk about firsthand information and experience that's uh, invaluable. He brings it, so uh, good to have him part of the team. But keep winning, too. We like when he wins on he, the court. He's only slightly older than the network, Andy. He's, oh, yeah, you have shirts that are older than Chris Eubanks. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely have ties that I've never worn that are older than Chris and Eubanks. <laughs> but I, but you're, uh, you're 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 spot on. He he is. Uh, we wish him success, but uh, 
Listen, I think the rest of us are just keeping a seat warm for him because he is a talented broadcaster. He was with us in Monte Carlo. He's going to be back uh, after the clay season, but he had a really nice run on the clay challengers in South Korea, one semifinal, one quarterfinal. So Chris is uh, headed north as he heads to Roland Garros as a direct entry. It is time, speaking of our Tennis Channel family, to give you the Chanda pick of the day. Ten Chanda bucks on the line as she picks Taylor Fritz tomorrow, who is minus 215 to beat Yannick Hanfman, the German who played his college tennis at SC. Taylor is a 65% favorite to win that match. Quick reminder that right now, FanDuel is giving all new users 10 times your first bet in bonus bets, up to $200, win or lose. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app right now and start making every moment more. Still more to come on our program. 13 American men in the top 100 this week. A whole bunch of them were on the docket in Rome today. We'll show you how the Yanks did when we come back. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back on TC Live, Brett Haber in our Santa Monica studios. Andy and Paul will be back in just a minute. To celebrate and support small businesses during the Small Business Month of May, Tennis Channel has partnered with Intuit QuickBooks to serve up some content on small female-owned businesses in Southern California. Olympic gold medalist Monica Puig has today's installment from Mind and Motion Pilates in Los Angeles. Reach the arms forward all the way and then rolling down through your back. Very good, Monica. Well done. Enjoy QuickBooks is serving up small business success. Now that I'm calling matches instead of playing them, I'm looking for other ways to stay fit. Mind in Motion is a woman-owned business in Los Angeles that is all about creating balance for your mental and physical needs, which, as an athlete, is a top priority for me. What is Pilates and what makes you so interested in teaching it. I love that Pilates is very nuanced. We care less about how many push-ups you can do and more about the quality and care of each push-up. So it's like really giving you a sense of your body. You told me that you were a professional dancer and that's kind of how you got into Pilates. I graduated with a degree in dance and Pilates was just coming on the map and I was like, huh, I could like use all of my education as a dancer and help people. I got my master's in kinesiology and then opened Mind Emotion in 2011. Tell me a little bit about what you offer here at the studio. We do group classes on the Reformer. We offer private training as well. I expanded to the online arena, so we have all on-demand classes, and we have massage. Ooh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> 
We've talked a lot about that Pilates is about balancing your body, but how has QuickBooks helped you balance your business? I use QuickBooks online. QuickBooks has helped me manage my cash flow so I can look at my expenses for both the brick and mortar and then the online streaming platform and I can see the revenue stream and the expenses for each. QuickBooks is really, really helpful and I can spend my time working with clients, which is what I really want to do. Being a woman-owned business, how does that tie into what you offer here in the studio? We're working with women while they're pregnant all the way up till delivery and then again postpartum having had a child just having that sort of like inside experience of understanding pregnancy and what it's all about has really helped me as a practitioner so yeah it's exciting to see the next steps of mind emotion and how it will grow and and move into the future Thank you, Monica. A tip of the cap to Intuit QuickBooks for highlighting women's businesses throughout this month. And if you've been enjoying Monica on Tennis Channel, you can see and hear her again calling matches tomorrow with Ted Robinson, and she'll be here on TC Live next week. Let's get back into the highlights from Rome, and we're going to check in on some of the Americans. Sebi Corda missed three months with that wrist injury. Andy, this was just his second event back, and he struggled with the qualifier, Roman Safulin. Yeah, Safulin... Uh basically came out and just punched him in the mouth early. It was up a set in 4-1. Uh, was able to push Sebi back, which you don't see very often, mixing in uh, some job shots and some uh, kind of all-out aggression. Um, but listen, Sebi stayed out there. He fought. The movement looked okay. There's just some air sprinkled in, which is normal when you're coming back in. But look at the corpus positioning for Sefulin. He was inside on Sebi's second serve, three, four feet inside the baseline uh, all day long, taking it early, uh, pushing Sebi back. Uh, you know, Sebi fought, but you could just tell he was he was really unsure with his core positioning. Sometimes too far back, sometimes too far in, and those are all those kind of mini decisions that become second nature when you've been playing in a lot of matches. Sebi has not, and it showed today, unfortunately. Yeah, Sebi hasn't won a match now since fourth round of the Australian Open as Safuel in 103 in the world. Picks up his fifth win of the year. American Ben Shelton, seated 28th in his Rome debut. Andy taking on the unpredictable Sasha Bublik. Yeah, and Bublik was doing all this stuff like standing on the line and trying to get it distracted while he was serving all this stuff. We used to see at like 1,200 nationals, but got the crowd <laughs> on his side. You know, listen, he's going to cause an emotion one way or the other. And, uh, you know, Ben, I, I thought he hung in there pretty well. Obviously fought there in the second set, but still maybe some question marks on when to be aggressive, when to be patient. Um, felt like he tried to force the issue uh, a little bit, and you're kind of seeing that thing now where people have seen Ben for a little bit. It's like the second time through the lineup. Uh, now, now Brett on tour a little bit, maybe getting to know him a little bit more. But Bublik just confused him with this cat and mouse all day where he would kind of almost tank one point, then he would be engaged in another point, uh, would hit some job shots, then he would go all out aggression. And Ben just really didn't know what was coming, didn't get too comfortable. But credit to Bublik for playing his game. Uh, he was committed to it and got the win. Yeah, everybody knows your ERA goes up second time you face the batting yeah. order. Bublik has won back-to-back -back matches now for the first time since February. Tommy Paul, career-high 17 in the rankings this week. Paul facing off against Gadine. Yeah, these are two of the better athletes out on tour. Two great movers, fast twitch fibers, just a lot of tremendous balance and power. Tommy Paul did a great job the first set. He was the one that was dictating play, was 
uh, really beating Guerin to the punch. Guerin's an interesting one, though. He can actually come forward extremely well. He's not just a clay court player. I'm shocked he hasn't stayed inside the top 30. He's had a, a bit of a drop, but starting to play some good tennis. How about 11 breaks of serve in this match? It was a little bit crazy, but both guys returning extremely well. Guerin got uh, the edge in the third set and kept it. Did a really nice job while he was in the lead. Again, coming up and finishing the match at the net. This was a hard-fought match, but a really well-played match from both guys. Second top 20 win of the year for Garin. He'll play Laszlo Jetta now in round three. Some other scores from Rome today. Fabio Fonini rides the energy of the home crowd to a win over Ketsmanovic. Sakari easily over new mom Barbara Streetseva. And Ostapenko in three over the Romanian veteran Sorana Kerstein. All right, time for the social net on this Friday, and we start with an increase in the prize money at Roland Garros, up 12% this year with particular raises, Paul, for the players who lose first round through third round, and that's really important for those players trying to make a living. Oh, yeah, it sure has. Look, the uh, slams uh, really ramped up their first round prize money a few years back, and uh, they continue to try to make it better for the middle run players just below the elite level, and uh, it's great to see the prize money growing. Let's just hope the game keeps it growing, too. 75,000 U.S. dollars when you lose in the first round, six figures for second round and beyond. Andy, that, I mean, if you can qualify, if you can get into all four majors, now you're, you're making a pretty decent living. Yeah, and this is this is great news. Um, you know, listen, it's it's tough being what in that ninety to one hundred five range uh, on tour. And since the challenges don't offer much prize money, you have to motivate that level with breaking in the top one hundred four. And this is the the kind of the payoff for being successful uh, in those challenges. So, so props to Roland Garros, and happy to see it. All right, speaking of Roland Garros, as we approach the two-week mark, the question that's on everybody's mind is, will this man, who won it for the mind-numbing 14th time a year ago, be ready to try for number 15 when uh, they start the firing gun? He practiced in Mallorca yesterday. There's Carlos uh, Moya and Mark Lopez with him. Paul, they said that it was a little spotty, this practice. Obviously, you can see he's in some physical distress here. Yeah, no, I did. I saw this on the Internet as well, and uh, very, very disturbing. Look, the fact of the matter is, no, he's not going to be ready how he wants. No matter what happens, he's not going to be ready how he wants to be. Uh, but for Rafa, how close to ready can he get? And after taking a look at this, this was a really bad sign. And yet, Andy, if he's got a pulse and he shows up, I mean, do we still count him among the favorites, or is that foolish on our part? No, I don't think it's foolish on our part, but, but the fact of the matter is we don't know. We're going to read into, too much into a video where he's bending over. Maybe it's dehydrated. We just don't know. I was glad when he got up to walk off. It didn't look like there was a noticeable limp, but listen, that body language isn't great You know, when we're 16 days uh, away from the French Open. That being said... If he's there, if he's quasi-healthy, if he can play his way in, if he can get a decent draw and get two matches, in, and then he kind of finds his... You never uh, you know, sleep on someone like Rafa, especially uh, on a clay court, but this doesn't look great. Hasn't played a match since his round two loss to Mackie McDonald in Australia. That's a long layoff for a guy who thrives on reps and rhythm. All right, a reminder of how the coverage will look on Saturday as we approach the first weekend of the Italian Masters. Tennis Channel begins coverage once again, 5 a.m. Eastern. Bally's picks it up with a separate slate of matches at 8 a.m. Back with another edition of TC Live at 5 p.m. Eastern. And then encore coverage all night long. Back with more in just a moment.
Our hot shot of the day is provided by Fabio Fonini. Far court here enjoying the home cook in his match against Ketsmanovich, Andy. Yeah, there's some serious energy. The crowd was just waiting for Fabio to do Fabio-type things. And Ketsmanovich lets it go. Not the right call. We'll give a hot shot to Fabio. Maybe with an assist to Ketsmanovich for letting this one go. I think he's probably going to take this one out of the air. That's a, that's a bad call, Brad. He should have played that one. Again. It was too hot to handle, apparently. So Fabio gets the hot shot and the win. He plays Aruna tomorrow. Here are your other featured matches from Rome tomorrow. Sonia Kennan Going to try to back up that Sabalenka win against Kalinina. Keys and Azarenka for the sixth time. Vika leads 4-1. And an all-Italian nightcap between Musetti and Arnaldi. Danny and Prakash have a preview. All right, Brett, back at our FanDuel desk. P. Emil Rusevori put on a brilliant performance against Carlos Alcaraz in Madrid. Gets a shot at another top player in Daniil Medvedev. How do you like his chances? Well, he certainly got a shot out there. I mean, he brings massive pace off of both flanks, the forehand and the backhand. Moves pretty comfortably on the clay. Has put up a few match wins thus far in the clay court season. Daniil did win their one and only meeting pretty comfortably, but that was an indoor hard court, so I think very different conditions over here. I think Rusevori's got to get off to a good start and, and perhaps get into Daniil's head a little bit. You know, where, where if he's up, Daniel's maybe talking to himself, complaining about the surface. He still isn't in love with it, to say the least. So I, I think the Finns got a great shot. Looking to an electric atmosphere here in Rome on Saturday. Apparently, Prakash brought his own lighting director to Rome this year. He looked, uh, that shot was amazing. Uh, let's take a look at a couple of tomorrow's key matches. We'll start with Carlos Alcaraz playing his veteran countryman, Albert Ramos Vignolas. He wins Madrid, so now he's trying to join this club. The four players who have won the Madrid-Rome double, all of them are former world number ones. Andy, although you've pointed out this week that maybe it's a little easier now to pull this off because with the, the bigger draws, there are days off in between. Yeah, maybe a little easier, but still extremely difficult. Let's not say just because there's a little more space that you don't have to go out and win the matches. But I think this is a nice, uh, comfortable start for, for Ramos. They actually had a really a brutal match at Roland Garros last year. Five-set win for Carlos, where he was down maybe two sets to one in a break in the fourth and then reeled off some amazing shots and kind of got the crowd back into it. But uh, with the way he's in form, I don't see the transition being a tough one. There was enough space between final and first round here. I expect uh, Carlos to pick up where he left off in Madrid. All right, we'll have that for you 7 a.m. Eastern as part of our coverage tomorrow. The women's match we want to look at tomorrow is Coco Goff taking on Marie Boscova of the Czech Republic. Coco gave up just one game in her opening match uh, against Putin Seva. What did you like? What, what was solidified from Coco in that first match? Well, look, she didn't play great in Madrid. She had a rough Madrid, and to see her come back and play so well here is really comforting. You know, she's such a great competitor, does so many things so well. There's no reason she's not going to get to Roland Garros and feel good based on what happened there last year. So she's got some great memories. She's just going to get better and better as Roland Garros gets closer. Yeah, and I like this matchup. You know, the first thing I, I look at whenever I see any matchup with Coco is does someone have a massive shot that they can create a lot of heat to the forehand of Coco? And with this matchup, I think it's going to be a little bit more comfortable. Buskova is, is, a, is a really good player, tough grinder, uh, will make you play every shot, but I don't know that she has that big weapon to uh, throw Coco off on that forehand side too much. They met once before. It was in Cincinnati last summer, and Coco actually had to retire leading 5-3 in the first set. She rolled her ankle, so a chance to get back at it against Boscova tomorrow. That's going to do it for us on TC Live. Andy, we tried really hard to get a shot of Paul in Taylor Townsend's yellow leotard. The best we could come up with 
was this. It, hey! You yeah. in the Cinderella dress. Is that, <laughs> is that, well, that'll have to suffice. The, uh, the, the things we do for our children, and if uh, not, to, not to harp on, uh, to point out your mistakes, uh, Haber, but it's not a leotard. I think uh, Taylor actually wears a unitard, so you need to get correct. But yes, I made that <laughs> dress look really nice. I, uh, I that get, was a sharp outfit. I, I couldn't. I couldn't get that. I, I get my that. my tards organized <laughs> for tomorrow's show. Andy, thanks for being such a good for being such a good dad for Paul and uh, Prakash and Danny and your children. I'm Brett. We'll see you tomorrow for day five in Rome.